Joe Fredericks here on the Founder Waters Podcast, talking with Jana Burke at WTIP. Jana, how's your winter going? It's going pretty well, Joe. How about yours? Fantastic. Been out ice fishing a few times already. Start of winter 2023. Been buying our minnows, as we always do, at Bucks Hardware in Grand Marais. Got all kinds of suckers and fatheads, which are really popular for ice fishing, for lake trout, across the Boundary Waters, up the Gunflint Trail, and around this region. So Bucks Hardware is the place that I've been going to get minnows since 2013, actually. Whoa! Yeah, it's just they've got great hours, and they're open early, and their minnows are always alive when you get there. We oxygenate the bag, which means they add supplemental oxygen with this hose from an oxygen tank, and the minnows are always alive when we get to our fishing destination in the Boundary Waters. So that's the scene on Bucks. They also have this huge wall of tackle, like tip-ups, fishing line, all the jigs and lures that work up here in the Boundary Waters for lake trout in particular. So it's not just the minnows. Like, for example, our buddy's coming up from Omaha here in January. First place we're going to go when he gets to town is down to Bucks. We're going to get the gear that he needs, the lures, and then we'll get the minnows while we're there, too. So it's Bucks Hardware, Grammar 8, great minnows, great bait for Boundary Waters trips. And then in the summer, also, Jana, I get my leeches there and stuff. So they've got all kinds of good bait year-round. I know from personal experience, too, I believe they have waxworms as well. They do. That's right. <laughs> those are, And actually, those are really good for uh, stream trout, like brook trout and, and rainbows and stuff, too. And I think you fed them to a lizard or something. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle the lizard. Uh, so Bucks Hardware, downtown Grand Marais. What's the address, Jana? Uh, it is on the corner of Highway 61 and First Avenue West in Grand Marais. Or you can find them online. Just Google Bucks Hardware. And I'll throw something else out there, too, Joe. I don't ice fish, but you know what? I still find a lot at Bucks Hardware. Nice. Very good. Cool. Well, thanks uh, for chatting with me, Jana. Yep. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern light. Welcome to episode 82 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm Joe Frederick here with Matthew Baxley, and we're looking out at what the heck's going on out there anyway. Well, it is the annual Gunflint Mail Run Sled Dog Race, which just happens to take these mushers into the boundary waters nice yeah we're at uh, big bear lodge at the moment mid gunflint trail which is essentially the headquarters of the race is the mid trail trail center is where the race starts and uh you were up early this morning matthew with the tent and wtip was live on the air and you were getting things 
engineered and set up? What, what was that scene like? Well, first of all, the sunrise was amazing, and there was this most amazing hoarfrost where this like snow crystals form on all the trees, and they, you know, are just it's that like it's the thing that people spray paint their trees to look like, but <laughs> it was real life all over the place. Mm, nice. And uh, it was real quiet until the dogs showed up. And then it got real crazy. And it's just a really exciting time of uh, each, each racer taking off, uh, heading out on the lake, and, and to really spend the rest of the day moving through the wilderness. So how many dogs are on a team? When you say that this is this crazy thing, for somebody who's never been to an event like this, can you just describe what a team looks like as it's coming up to the starting line and so forth? Yeah, well, first of all, there's 12 dog teams and 8 dog teams. So you, they're strung up on a leader, and they're basically two dogs up and down. So you got six on each side. And these dogs, their life is running. It's racing, it's moving, it's pulling. And so they get excited for it. So they're freaking out, barking, whining, jumping, and just ready to take off. And so they bring each sled down one at a time, and they've got all these handlers and people holding on because the dogs want to just take off. They have to throw this anchor into the snow, and you got, like, somebody throws their weight on the anchor, and they're holding the sled, and it's just just trying to hold back the force of these dogs. And then they do this little countdown because they follow the time, so they got to click their start, and it's three, two, one, go, and they just blast off down the lake. And now, as we're sitting here, it's the second round of the starts, essentially. So they do the course, come back, have to take a rest time. It's like a required mandatory rest that they take. And we happen to go out. I was out ice fishing all morning near here. You got the race footage on the air and so forth. Then you came out. We're going to hear from what happened out on the lake in just a minute, but uh, then we came back to tear down the tent, and it happened to be the second round of starts, basically. So we got to be back into that chaos while trying to take down a tent, which was interesting. Yeah, a hot tent, and it, it, it's just a scene, and if you've never experienced it and it sounds appealing, they're always accepting help and volunteers, but it's, it's high energy, and it's a big contrast to go from that into the quiet of the wilderness and then to come back. And now it's found us here. So Big Bear Lodge has uh, reopened this fall 2022 and now in winter 2023. They're serving pizzas. You got a cup of coffee. We're getting some water hydrated and we're about to have a delicious pizza, which sounds so, <laughs> so good. I'm ravenous, you know, after being out ice fishing and you've been running and gunning all day and... Uh, so we're going to have some pizza, and that fits in perfectly with what we're going to talk about and hear on the episode today, food bringing people together. And that's what's happening here in the restaurant. It's a bustling scene around here. Evidently, it's just been jam-packed all day. The mushing is a part of it, but now it's food bringing everybody together, food and drink, and it's just a, such a chill scene. The fire's roaring back there behind you, one of the biggest fireplaces in Cook County, and we're just going to settle into a meal. While we do that, why don't you, our dear listener, settle into the Boundary Waters.
We're out here in the boundary waters. That sound you just heard is a spatula on uh, what we're calling today a disco. We're out here with our good pal Juan Martinez from the Forest Service. Heard him on a recent episode, Tribal Liaison. Juan, tell me a little bit about this uh, apparatus we're looking at here. So all it is really is a, a tractor disc that we've, you know, when they wear out, usually they have the bumps around the edges. When they wear out and they end up being little and round like this, the farmer throws them away because they're too small for his contraption. So we collect them and plug the hole and, and season it like a cast iron skillet and it becomes our cooking. Uh, it's great for cooking over fire or like now we have it on a burner, but. Yeah, and, and it. it's beautiful. I mean, it's just, you got some chorizo and potatoes going there and uh, what's the history on this thing here? You know, so. I've been cooking on one of these since I was a kid. My dad's always had them, and um, so I grew up eating off of these when we were hunting and fishing. And um, like I said the last time, you know, we always brought food when we we went fishing because there was usually a whole group of us out trying to catch some fish. And so this is a good way to feed a whole bunch of people real quick and get a good, nice hot meal inside of them when it's nice and cold. Yeah. Wow, and this is uh, nice and cold today. It was uh, right around zero, maybe below zero on the way out here, uh, somewhere in that vicinity and in the shade. It's been cold. Now now we got the sun up over the pines. It's just gorgeous out here. Beautiful day. Yeah, so uh, this thing, you've been using this exact same one for quite a while? Yeah, this one I built in probably in the 90s. Uh, I had a bigger one that I left with my boys in New Mexico, um, but... Uh, this one is nice and small, so it's good for carrying. I usually throw this one on the four-wheeler or whatever whenever we were out doing whatever we're doing. Yeah. Um, but this one's a little more compact compared to the, the big one. Uh-huh. Nice. Wow. So in the process of this, uh, you just added a half dozen eggs here, potatoes. Look at that. It's just like, it's incredible. <laughs> it's good. To, yeah, nice to have warm meal out here for sure. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we'll let you cook here. I'm going to go check in over here at uh camp b where morale's a little low because the fishing's been slow josh dix joins us again uh what's going on out here today josh it's one of those days that uh when somebody asks you what you caught you say i caught a beautiful day (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's amazing how we were out on the opener a week ago today basically in these exact same spots and uh, the fishing was just dynamite, you know. We were really getting into them, and uh, it was, I would say, good fishing. And today has been not quite the exact opposite. We've had a few few tip-ups and so forth, but fishing's been slow. I mean, it's just the way it is, I guess. Just when you think you got it all figured out, you don't have anything figured out. You know, when we came out on Monday, it was in the... Almost evening. I mean, we didn't have more than an hour or two before the sun went down, and we thought maybe we'll get lucky and bring in one or two, and we did outstanding, I thought. And this morning, I was at that parking lot before 6. I was telling these guys how we're just going to slay them. So many fish, they'll be just piling out on the ice. We'll have to pick and choose, and uh, we have been humbled. We have been humbled. (laughs) We've been humbled, and... uh, but, you know, it's not windy. It's not uh, some miserable conditions, which I guess helps out uh, t- to some extent. We're going to keep going at it, too, in the afternoon. At least some of us are going to keep fishing. I'm going to go check in on this uh, 
Disco again, see what's going on over here. Juan, uh, tell me about, uh, like, in New Mexico, a little bit more about kind of the cultural uh, significance to what you're using here, or if there is one. You know, there, I don't know if there is. Like I say, it's, it's been something that my family's been doing forever. In northern New Mexico, everybody uses them. So it's it's a uh, kind of a staple in northern New Mexico for sure. Um, when I used to live in southern New Mexico, there was a few people that used them, but not like like northern New Mexico. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. I know when I was working for the Forest Service down there, the firefighters always had one on their engine. And uh, anytime any firefighters would come from another state and they would see this, it was like, oh, I got to have one of those on our engine. So I'm sure they're spreading across the country. And now I brought one to Minnesota. So... Hopefully we'll see some more up here too, because they are quite the quite the apparatus. Yeah, what's it like uh, pulling this thing out to the boundary waters? And I mean, we're inside the wilderness line, like to you know, kind of schlep it up over the portage and so forth. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. I was I was pretty happy. My sled pulled pretty good. It didn't tip over on me, so I was I was excited about that. But I'm definitely learning. I'm seeing some of the cool gear that you guys all have to get out here and definitely need to upgrade some of my stuff so all right well here's matthew baxley stepping into the fray uh checking out the the disco in action check this thing out you know Juan said last time we were out that we weren't having luck fishing because we weren't sharing food and that's the tradition mm. so Juan, if, if you're correct then the fishing should pick up real quick <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, that you know, that's always what my dad used to say. You know, as soon as you pick up a sandwich or pick up a uh, something to eat, that's when the fish take your your bait. So, so I've been watching my my rod over there real close, and it hasn't moved. So I don't know if it's gonna hold true today or not, but we'll see. Yeah. Nice putting the tortilla down now. Massive tortilla. Yeah, steam and thing. It's beautiful spread. Those horseshoes. Did you cover this already? Yeah. Talked about the tractor disc yeah, thing. Yeah, I know they were horseshoes off of one of the horses off of my uh, uncle's ranch. So when we build these, you know, you make make it with whatever you had and had horseshoes laying around. And so just welded them up and it makes good handles. And that way I can hang it on the wall when I get home and it's there ready for the next time. Yeah. About as homegrown as it gets. It's, it's a beautiful thing that's happening here. Uh, we're going to pause for some lunch, check back in uh, after a little bit of meal and regroup and boost some morale around here a little bit too. Well, sticking with our uh, theme of food and where that intersects with coming together, bringing people together, Back on the podcast once again. One year ago today, he made uh, we we first intersected the podcast Tumble Home and the Boundary Waters Podcast WTIP. Adam, Adam Mella, good to see you, man. Good to see you, Joe. Good to be out here. Yes, back on uh, Duncan where we were last year for the sushi episode, if people recall. Exactly one year ago today, <laughs> we were like we were eating sushi exactly a year ago to this exact minute. <laughs> Probably, actually. Uh, the the noticeable difference for me is uh, your hair color seems to have uh, changed a little bit. Tell me, tell me what's going on. Uh, I'll try and keep it a short version. 
I uh, dressed as uh, 90s Andre Agassi for Halloween, so I had a long blonde mullet that I'd bleached my hair for. Uh-huh. And then I said, well, now that I got blonde hair, you know, how many chances am I going to have to, like, do a really fun color? So we picked up some really, really electric blue hair dye, and uh, my wife Natalie did that for me, and it turned out really bright blue. And this is like the longest my hair has ever been, and so I guess I'm having a midlife crisis or something. I don't know, <laughs> well, but great. it's fun, and I can't justify cutting it off in the middle of winter now. So I just I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> right on. Uh, so what is the Agassiz line? Is like uh, image is nothing, or didn't mm-hmm. he have some line to go with I think that he hair? Nailed it. It was something along those lines. I did watch a couple like old vintage like Andre Agassi Nike ads yeah. to like prepare for the role. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he was sort of like a bad boy of tennis. Yeah. You know, uh, he was like the first tennis professional to wear like neon colors, you mm-hmm. know, and he had the big, you know, the big hair, big attitude and the big forehand yeah. and the big serve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he toned it down eventually, you know, he like shaved his hair and got real serious about fitness and ended up that's when he finally really had his renaissance. I don't know. I didn't think we'd be going down this uh, line of uh, storytelling and getting into 90s professional tennis, but... Well, maybe that's what's next for you is like you, you're now you're in this phase and then yeah. emerging out of it, you'll be out here next year, like with the, you know, a shaved head yeah. and you'll, holy cow, look Here's at that mustache. Nice, nice. Looks like a nice one too. Here's a fish on the line. Okay. Easy, my friend. Easy. Some head shakes going on. I, I'll, I'll help you if I, right. if you need me to or whatever, man. Uh, that's a nice Laker. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Check it out. Look at that. We're sitting here talking about uh, how food brings people together. One year ago today, Adam hooks into this Laker. He wanted one, and he got it. Ain't going to do sushi today, but, I mean, it's my first fish of the ice fishing season, for one. And I just, you know, I got my conservation license, which I recommend if you're not, like, trying to fill the freezer. And it's like, well, I can keep one. Yeah. And there you go. Your day, your day is good. <laughs> I really wasn't paying attention at all. I was a pretty lucky hook set. Yeah, that's great. Oh, and yeah. uh, perfect well, eater. Perfect eater. Beauty. Uh, well, Adam, good to see you. And uh, you know, thanks for uh, being out here today. Yeah, Joe, I'm glad to catch you guys out here. Uh, you know, you guys are the early bird, and uh, you know, we kind of lazily made our way out here by one but uh (laughs) yeah you know that's the second hot zone of of fishing usually and uh yeah yeah, i'm glad to be here another like last year um just a beautiful day out here in the boundary waters all right good to see you you too bud juan check out that uh whiskey jack up there in the branch yeah, he's looking down here at us like, are you going to leave me anything to eat? <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's kind of coming down a little closer to check it out. Look at that. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Beautiful bird. Look at the... It's like the fr- hoarfrost coming off the trees. Yeah, coming off the trees. Beautiful We're... day. Jeez. Can't ask for a nicer time place to be. That's uh-huh. uh, why that whiskey jacks. That sound picks up. That's yeah. just such a beautiful sound, you know. Yeah. He's probably looking at that lake trout I got down there on the <laughs> ice. Yeah, pretty good, right? <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to uh, duck up here for a minute with Juan and say again thanks for that uh, 
delicious burrito you made chorizo eggs potatoes oh i had an onion in there too i forgot to give you that oh shoot i could have put the onion Dang in it. there man. <laughs> I made it all the better shoot, man. <laughs> oh there, there's a tip up up look at that let's see if these guys can handle this baxley's to, doing it let's see what baxley does he missed it yeah, he missed it <laughs> i heard no yep Oh, that's too bad, huh? <laughs> Shoot. That's fishing, though. <laughs> well, that's that. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about food with you, actually, Juan. Uh, you know, either from a cultural perspective or just from outdoor recreation or where that blends for you uh, coming, you know, from a, a different part of the country than, than most of the people up here in northern Minnesota coming from New Mexico. Um Food and outdoor recreation, like when I say that word, where does that land with you? So for, for me, you know, growing up in northern New Mexico and with the traditions that we have, you know, sharing food with people is always a special thing. You know, it's not, you know, when when you share your, your table, it's usually with friends and, and family. And so that just makes that bond closer for us, you know. And so um, my my dad always said, you know, if somebody shares their food with you, that means they they believe in you and and they trust you so you know I, I i believe that and and so always sharing a meal with with folks is always good you know when we work with the tribes and we try to share a meal with them it it always feels like like a family thing you know there's always good conversations when we're eating food and and people get lighthearted a little bit so we can talk about some more of the serious stuff without being so serious sometimes and so that's that's a good thing for me and and it is a good thing for for everybody involved to to be able to build those relationships because food is a relationship builder mm. and um you know there's not everybody has the opportunity so when you can share that's always a good thing yeah and where does the the disco land in that equation as far as uh for your uh comfort and bringing together and I, let me uh, point out an example for uh, people listening to the podcast today is you know, fishing was a little slow. It, it was this morning. We've had some bites. We've had some action, but I built it up, and the week before we were out here, we caught so many, like, brought out some new new people to the scene today. And, like, we're going to get on these lake trout. Let's get up at 5 in the morning. Get out there in the dark. We're going to go home with all these lake trout. And that wasn't the case. Not but, yet. Not yet. <laughs> right. But not even you guys, like right. the other part of the group who's now gone. And, um, but when you pulled out the disco and started to cook and then when there were burritos handed out we all stood together in a in a half circle or we gathered around in the sun we weren't even fishing it was just about sharing time together and that was a beautiful thing and and the the food did that so so that's why i'm asking like where the disco fits in for you when you think about either today or just in general absolutely you know it's it's always a uh a good thing like you said you know we weren't doing too too good as far as the fishing is concerned and we kind of scattered across the ice but as soon as i brought that disco out and started cooking and the smell of the chorizos you know getting in the air you know everybody gathered around to to check it out and you know and i i came out pretty darn good you know you know the onions would have been really (laughs) nice but you know it was still still a really good good thing to share with everybody and Mm -hmm. you know i think you know they they enjoyed it and even 
if nothing else, they're going to remember that. I believe, you know, when they when they go home, they're going to say, "Yeah, yeah, we had we had breakfast out there, these breakfast burritos," and yeah. And so it's something to remember, and it, you know, it's always good to do it with friends. It, like I say, I I love to go fishing, and I'll go by myself. Mm-hmm. But going out with friends is always so much better, and uh, just the camaraderie that that comes with it, and you know, sharing a meal is a big part of that for me and my culture so Mm -hmm. i was glad to be able to do that with you guys this time so definitely something we'll do again in the future i hope yeah that's right for sure um so when we think back on uh, the fact that you brought this uh, cooking apparatus this disco from new mexico now you're using it out here in the boundary waters uh, what do you think about that from you know an ancestral like your your father, maybe your grandfather, and and now you're using it out here in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. Like, did that sink in, or has that yet? You know, it hadn't. But now that you brought it up, it, it makes me think about all the the archaeological stuff that's out here in the Boundary Waters. You know, people find all kinds of stuff from all over the world because people from all over the world have been here you know mm-hmm. from the voyagers to now modern times you know they come out here and you know sometimes a little piece is left behind you know you think about uh arrowheads even or or uh, projectile points as archaeologists like to call them mm-hmm. um they you find projectile points made of material that isn't found in the boundary waters in the boundary waters yeah you know, obsidian from Oregon or obsidian from, you know, New Mexico or Arizona. So, so you know that people traveled our country uh, and traded, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, knives, you know, they find archaeological sites with knives and hatchets and things like that, you know, and all of those things are ways of making food, arrowheads, making food, knives, you cut food, you know, so, so food is a big thing for, for the boundary waters. And so, you know, I think it's important that we continue those traditions and share that out here with friends. Yeah. What's it uh, mean for you from the family perspective of, you know, you've got uh, another young one on the way and and you're out here in the woods and uh, is this something that someday maybe you want to bring your family out here? Absolutely. You know, know, even for me, coming into the Boundary Waters is a little intimidating sometimes, you know, because it's, you know, it's it's, sometimes it's a trek. And so, uh, but my son, uh, he loves to ice fish and this this trek was pretty doable for him. And if if I could get him hooked onto a lake trout, I think he would be ecstatic. (laughs) So, yeah, it's definitely something that me and my family will be doing. You know, I'm I'm gearing up, you know, Minnesota is way different than New Mexico. So I've got to have the right gear, but uh, got me a hot tent. So I'm looking forward to to being able to pitch it right here in this campsite and and maybe do some fishing in the evening and then first first thing in the morning. So good deal. Well, thanks for uh, again for cooking and doing everything out here. A uh, couple new new folks rolling into camp here, so we better get down. Well, I appreciate the invite. It, you know, I, I really do. So, look forward to more more of it. Still at Big Bear Lodge here on the. Gunflint Trail, Gunflint Mail Runs, sun starting to go down slowly. Now we are all full of pizza and coffee and hydrated from four or five glasses of water that we put down. Fires going inside and outside and 
You got a whole different vibe going on now. Amazing what some food will do for you. It's amazing what I would say good food, good company, and a very warm and inviting space, which the Boundary Waters is, which this beautiful log building is that we're cozied up in right now. And if you think about it, gathering around meals is one of the oldest human traditions that exists. It's it is how we originally started gathering around fires, around food, and it's what we do naturally as humans. We just got to keep doing it. I appreciate what Juan said about uh, the bands coming together when you know he's in his position as the tribal liaison for Spear National Force and talking about some challenging subjects sometimes between the federal government and the. Indigenous communities, the Grand Portage Band, Fond du Lac, Boys Fort, that sometimes they come together over a meal and they can have a hard conversation, but like the communal aspect, the food, it's just a, it's a beautiful insight from Juan to, I could just picture it in the, in the way that like, you know, we didn't have anything challenging to talk about today, but we have in the past. Matthew back. So you and I have <laughs> shared many a meal over some challenging subjects and, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing really. It is. And there's something very disarming about it all and and content. Mm-hmm. I think is the best word. Yeah. We just took down a pe- entire pizza shamelessly. Mm-hmm. They said give us the largest supreme pizza you got. We took it down. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of hope that folks listening, maybe even are listening over a meal right now, mm. just kind of placing their forks and knives on their plates as the meal is wrapping up, and maybe like we're about to do, transition to a more comfortable spot by a fire, and just relax into that. Into that. We say cheers to all our listeners on this beautiful day on the Gunflint Trail. I just sing when I paddle through. Feeling not thinking if the strokes are true. We're gonna get through to the other side. Out in the night the waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar Rule me, rock me in my dreams You can roll me, rock me in my dreams So I like to sing, I love to dance I play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light All around Campfire light all round, all round, all round the campfire light. The Boundary Waters podcast is a production of WTIP North Shore Community Radio. 
with grant funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.